Hey everyone, and welcome to Animate the World, a show about two friends and their love letter to animation in all its wonderful forms. I'm your co-host, Kelly Smimo. And I'm Richard Minari. And welcome to our musical ev. Why are we singing? And we describe the plot of the episode, but with little musical cues from the entire score. You will never be satisfied. God, I no. hope you're satisfied. Overture was a word in my GRE prep app, and they used it in a way that didn't make a lot of sense to me. What so I'm mean? pretty cranky about that. What did they say? They said like an overture is like a thing where the person is like describing things that are going to happen later on, like like a foreshadowing. And I'm like, oh. I don't think that's what I I've never overture, overture only like existed that. in the musical world. As the I mean, it intro song, the world. but it also is like sometimes someone will say like, "Oh, they're speaking overtures of someone else's praise." Like they'll be like, "Oh, this person's so good." Oh, that's a... but like, I don't know if I just have to learn what the app tells me so I can do well on the test. Who cares <laughs> if it's right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at Richard growing up. He's gonna be a GRE man. Mm, I mean, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> All right. Well. Richard, how about you be useful now with your actual job, giving me questions? Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so Kelly, I don't know if you've noticed this, but there's been this strange smell in the air. Have you been smelling it? So I literally can't smell. <laughs> Stop making fun of me and my inability <laughs> to smell. Like That's an actual one thing time, about me. The one time I premeditate what I'm going to say is completely <laughs> inapplicable to you. Stop making fun of me. Uh, have you um, felt the air recently, Kelly? <laughs> it's thick with this strange feeling. <laughs> yeah, of what? It's thick with the stench of love. Oh. Yes, yes, yeah, ladies and gentlemen. Soon we shall reach the darkest day of the year, Valentine's <laughs> Day. Wow, is this coming out on Valentine's Day? No, it's coming out the day before. No. Day before Valentine's Day, but everyone... Keep your heads on a swivel because chocolates and confessions of love are going to be flying across like bullets throughout all the air. you got to watch yourself or also get like smacked with a love confession. Oh, snap. Because that's what happens in anime is, you know, you're just going along your daily life and suddenly someone tells you they're your one true love. And then you have to decide. You have a whole month to decide whether or not you're going to, you know, reciprocate. But still, it's not a lot of time. And it's like your teacher or maybe it's your like stepbrother and you're like, why is this happening to me? Who just met you a day ago, but has decided that you will be his bride. (laughs) That's too real. Anime, why? Yeah. (laughs) So what my question this week is, what are some of your favorite Valentine's Day moments from anime? (laughs) Oh, God. I don't... (laughs) It's been a while. Um, I always think of Toradora, which is my guilty pleasure romance anime. Had, like, a whole little Valentine's Day episode and then a White Day episode because in Japan they have two holidays. Which is, honestly, we should have that, too. Yeah. Um, in Japan, for those who don't know, you have Valentine's Day where, well, it's also very heteronormative, where the girl gets the boy she likes chocolates. And then on White Day, which is a month later in March, the boy reciprocates, potentially, by giving mm. the girl he likes chocolate. Chocolates. And it's like it's like a kind of... 
don't know. It seems like that's such an American thing to do, right? Like, have a holiday that's all about buying candy and giving it to people. So why not have two holidays where a bunch of people give candy and then another holiday which is the exact same thing just a month later? Granted, in all the animes mm-hmm. I've seen, it's much more romantic to make someone a gift on, like, Valentine's Day or whatever. Yes. So, like, I guess they, they're not, like, here that would be unheard of. The making of the chocolate mm-hmm. is critical. Absolutely. And usually it gets yep. messed up. People cry. Oh, my God. I remember what my favorite Valentine's <laughs> Day moment was. In Gekkan Shoujo mm. no Zaki-kun. Mm. There's a moment where uh, Chio, mm-hmm. right? She um, she makes she like makes these chocolates for Nozaki Kun because she's in love with him, right? That's the whole plot of the show. And she like goes to give them to him, or she's like running to go see him or something. And they she rounds the corner, she bumps right into Nozaki Kun, <laughs> and then all the chocolate falls on the ground. And he's like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, you were gonna give this to someone, I've messed up. And she's like, literally dead inside, and he's like, look, they're still good, and like, I think he eats a couple, and it's like the worst moment of her life. (laughs) It's so good, it's so funny. That's true love right there. Well, actually it wasn't true love, but if he, (laughs) if he was in love with her, that would be true love. But instead it's just a weird thing. He is, he just doesn't realize. They're They're so cute cute together. together. Like... Valentine's Day episodes, I used to not really like them in a lot of animes, but then I started playing Persona games where Valentine's Day was, um, it could be one of two things. Either if you were faithful to one of the other people you were dating, then you had a nice thing where maybe you went out or like you talked or you got to, oh, excuse me, have a touching scene. Oh, I I gave a little burp. How romantic. Um, But if you were cheating and dating multiple people, then this was when all hell broke loose and you got outed and everyone realized what a horrible person you were. That's amazing. I need to, I need to. Persona games are very fun. Like, I mean, the dungeon crawling is like good in some of them, but most of the time I really just like hanging out with people, like getting to know them. And then your relationship (laughs) manifesting itself as power as you fight bosses. So like, that's really fun. (laughs) That is solid. The like most recent dating game that I ever played was Mystic Messenger. When I oh played my god, last yeah. Did you ever get into no, Mystic Messenger? No, you told me all about it. I remember. Oh my god, it was great. I highly recommend Mystic Men- Messenger. It falls into like the dumb traps that most like serious dating games do, but it was still fun and had a really cool concept. It's an app game and it's free. You can like it's like any app game where you there's like in-app purchases to speed things up, but you don't have to do that. Um. But the, um, oh god, you're making me Yep, mm-hmm. it's passed through the year. It's all this romance. Yeah, <laughs> give me indigestion. Really works at the, in, ugh, you stole my joke. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> so Mystic Messenger is a real-time game. So what happens is that you, the plot of the game is that you've somehow come across this phone with this messaging app on it, and uh, by and you don't know who's it from, and they're just telling you, like, just use it. And so you get stuck in this group chat with these seven other boys. Well, no, I think it's six boys and one girl. And uh, you start texting them, and they text you, like, in real time. Like, you'll just get a notification that, like, this boy texted you, and you have to respond in a certain amount of time, or else, like, you'll miss that option to have that conversation. Oh. And then the things that you say affect, like, what route you're on. And then, just like any other dating game, you restart a route. And so each route takes about a week to do, like, in real time, unless you're using the in-app purchases. And I think that's, like, really cool. The weirdest thing is that they call you. 
What? <laughs> yeah, they'll call you. The calling is optional, though. Like, you don't have to respond to any of the calls to proceed in the game. But, like, and they leave voicemails. Um, and it's literally, if you answer the call, it's just, like, this Japanese man, oh like, talking to God. you. <laughs> and, like, if you, 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 if you're me and you don't understand Japanese, you gotta hold the phone in front of you and have headphones in, because they will see real-time translations of them being like, oh, I don't know why, but I, like, am in oh love with God. you. da 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 It's, oh like, the God. weirdest Some Black thing. Mirror shit right here. It was so weird, because I remember playing it, like, you know, you're, it's like a 24-hour game, right? So, like, I'm at work, and suddenly my phone's vibrating, and it's, like, call from 707, and I'm, like, I can't answer this. I'm at work. <laughs> my secret fake 2D boyfriend is oh calling me. Um, yeah, no, and then you unlock the, like, weird, crazy, um, religious cult uh, plot with the secret twin brother and it's like a whole thing and it's great oh there's actual plot uh, oh yeah there's just like how hotful boyfriend you unlock the real plot once mm. you date everyone this one does too uh i'm missing this game <laughs> uh juman was the best character i think that was his name he was the sexy one <laughs> he was like the ceo guy um his root is really messed up though because uh, he wants to put you in a cage. Oh, good. <laughs> He's like, hello, little kitten. But he has a cat. Like, his whole thing is that he loves his cat, and he would just send you cat pictures. And so he was the best. That's what I look life. for in flirting. That's what I look for in flirting right there. That's a good conversation. He, like, loves cats. It's amazing. 10 out of 10 game. That's cool. <laughs> like, that's a cool, fun, like, augment, not augmented reality. It's a cool concept, yeah. But, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Huffle Boyfriend is still the best dating game I ever played. That's the game when you date pigeons. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I miss Legumentine! Wow. You miss what? I'm an idiot. Oh my god, Legumentine! In How to Full Boyfriend, there's no Valentine's Day, there's Legumentines when you give seeds <laughs> to the bird you like. And it's on February 3rd, and I missed it. I That's kind of arbitrary, that. isn't so it? Sorry. Why February 3rd? I don't know, because birds. Okay. That's, that's good. You know, I'm realizing now that I have only played, like, Hotful Boyfriend, and that's the only dating sim I've played, but I have played Danganronpan, which is like a dating sim, except everyone dies. <laughs> and also, there's... Is that at all like a dating it's sim? It's like, well, I mean, I think you can date people, but mostly we just went down the everyone dies route. Oh, there's a, there's a post-game thing where you can just hang out with everyone, and I think you might be able to... I'm not actually positive. Don't listen to me. But I'm just saying... What's sexier than murder, am I right? I mean, I did once play a good, like, I think, hour of the Fate Stay Night original game. Kelly, you're basically contractually a game. obligated to tell me how bad it was. It was one of the worst experiences. Oh my no, like, it was, like, really boring, and then suddenly I was, like, in a threesome. <laughs> and I was like, how did this happen? In, like, a shed. And, like, someone, I'm pretty sure, like, Saber was dying. Oh, no. And they were like, oh, it's because the only way to help your spirit in the game is that you had to, like, do it. No. Like, that's how you heal. No. It was an erotic game at first. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Because I remember, like, Saber was hurt. Why didn't they have sex? I'm like, oh, it's because that's exactly why. (laughs) And Rin was there. So it was like a weird threesome that suddenly happened. And I was like, why? What is, who am I? And then I stopped playing. The game also kept crashing. And I was like, I don't want to do this. It's just a bad experience all around. Oh my God. I played like an hour's worth of the, oh my God. What was it called? Oh my God. The really bad one that blew up. 
Everyone talked about it. Uh, uh, the, 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 um, uh. Alba. Alba? The dog. <gasps> oh my god. Um. What um, was it called? Cyber something? No, uh, oh my god. Oh no. I blocked it out. Oh man. Alba. Dog. The blue people is a blue person. Dramatical murder. Dramatical murder. Yes. That's the one. That's the one right there. Okay. This, I tried so hard to get this game to work on my laptop, <laughs> but I have a Mac. Um, and like. <laughs> Because, like, all my friends, not all my friends, some of my friends were into it, and, like, it was everywhere, and I was like, mm. what is the big deal? And I tried, and I could only get it to play for an hour before it just would crash. <laughs> um, but that's a porn game. Yeah. I realized, <laughs> after a while. And you you do with your dog, who's also, has, like, a human mental image, I don't know, in cyberspace. Is the dog also you or something? Are you the dog? I think it's your, like, twin. I don't know. <laughs> it's awful. Uh, all I remember from Dramatical Murder was the, the twins were creepy, and they, like, force you into a box, and they leave you there for three days, and, like, it's, like, uh, Stockholm syndrome Oh, no. They, like, force-feed you cake. Oh. It's a bad time. Oh. I don't know why it got so big. I like cake. But... I guess the art was nice, mm. but I don't, I don't know what the appeal was. I just still, I've told this story thousands of times, but when I was in a bathroom stall, I've told you this, Richard. Oh my god, wait, I forgot about this, yeah. And someone was dressed as, like, the main character, <laughs> and this woman was like, I could hear it from the stall, was like, Oh my god. What are you dressed at? I keep seeing people as that. It's like, oh, it's dramatic murder. Like, oh, what is that? Like, oh my, my kids god. are super into it. So no. Like, what is it, an anime? Is it a video game? And she's like, oh, it's a game. It's like, okay, so, like, what's it about? Like, what's its plot? Oh and she's, god. it's a porn game. And then just silence as the faucet kept going and me dying oh my in the god. stall. I'll never forget it. It was a magical moment. It was like 11 p.m. at night. Oh my god. <laughs> god bless. The moment where you have to admit what you're cosplaying and where it's from yeah. and the entire backstory yeah. behind it. Awful. Awful. Okay, no. Here's a PSA, though. Don't just do that to cosplayers, yeah. though, like in public. I had one of the worst mo- I'm got we're completely off topic. But this <laughs> is like one of the worst moments in my life that I'm like very angry happened to me. Um I was at a convention, and so I was at Otakon with my friend, and I was dressed as Hisoka, mm-hmm. and she was Illumi, and we needed water because <laughs> we were dying, because <clears throat> it's, you know, August in Maryland. Um, so I grabbed her bottle and my water bottle, and I went over to one of our favorite places in Otakon was the, like, it was, like, the family craft room, and it was basically the space that was mostly for, like, younger kids to just, like, chill and their parents to chill in a quiet space, but, like, the vast majority of the congoers didn't know it existed, so, like, if you get headaches a lot, like I do, it was a nice place to just sit down mm. and quiet, and they have, like, coloring books and stuff, whatever. So I was, like, in, in there, have a water cooler in there. So I went to get to the water cooler and there's like this mom in front of me and she's like holding a baby, you know, like whatever. And I'm just like saying hi to the baby and like she's getting her water or whatever. And I'm just waiting in line behind her. And then suddenly from across the room, this girl literally screams, oh my God, it's Hisoka, the pedophile Harlequin. Oh my God, please. In this room forged. And I was like, why would you ever say that? that? just unacceptable. And, like, I didn't, re- I just, straight face, but I knew the mom in front of me was uncomfortable, and I was like, just, just leave, it's okay. Oh, my <laughs> God. And I was like, and she, she didn't stop, she just kept trying to get a reaction from me, mm. and I was like, no, like, this is so, oh, my God, cosplay is not consent. Just because I'm dressed up as Hisoka does not mean I share Hisoka's views. Mm-hmm. And, like, oh, my God, it was, like, the grossest thing that's ever happened to me. 
I just got my water and left. And when I told my Lumi what happened, she was like, oh my god, I'll never let you go alone. <laughs> Even though I don't know if Lumi's presence would have made it Yeah, that probably would not have helped. <laughs> well, the sentiment was there. Yeah. So don't do that. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I just remembered that. Yeah. We got way off topic. Uh, but yeah, Valentine's Day. Yep. Love. <laughs> Full of love and love and stuff. Love. Yeah. You know what's the best movie about love? What? Redline. Yeah, it is. Love. Go watch Redline this Valentine's Day. That's the best advice I've heard, like, ever about Valentine's Day. <laughs> Please go watch Redline. This. Absolutely. Go watch Redline with the ones you love mm-hmm. on Valentine's Day, and you will be a happier person. Absolutely. You'll really understand the true meaning of love if you watch Redline. Love. That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. That's what won them that race. Mm-hmm. Love. I need some music, You want Richard. some music? I was just about to say. I want some music. Check this out. Kelly's Current Corner. I hated it. You really didn't. So, hello. Welcome to Kelly's Current Corner, my corner of the house. Uh, we've been kind of decrepit recently, haven't been watching a lot of new stuff, been mostly re-watching things, but I'm happy to report that yesterday I binge-watched five episodes of an anime. Oh. <laughs> I finally started watching Violet Evogaden. Oh, oh ooh, how was it? Which is a really pretty anime I mentioned when we started this season. I have a lot of feelings that I need to voice now. First, I need to shout at Netflix again. <laughs> Uh, because not only did they ruin Tyre and Bunny, they are now just ruining anime, period. Mm. Because they agreed to simulcast Violet Evergarden, and I was like, yes! Awesome! Log on to Netflix. It's not there. What? What's going on? Researched it. Everywhere except the U.S. Because oh, they've decided on. they'll just release it in the spring for the U.S. And I'm like, this is not how that works. Mm. Everyone is just going to pirate the damn thing now. Mm-hmm. So, good job, Netflix. You, you literally yourself. cannot find it anywhere. It is the worst. But I found it. <laughs> anyway, so Violet Evergarden has probably the worst summary on Animus I've ever seen because it presented me with like so many assumptions that just weren't true. Um, and I literally just could not understand this anime until like I finally got to like episode four and it was like, okay. Because like literally, okay, I'm gonna read the summary again from Annie List Auto Memories Doll. It's been quite a while since the name caused a fuss. Originally invented by Professor Orlin solely for his beloved wife, auto-memory dolls eventually spread out into the world, and a machine that allows people to rent out the dolls was also created. And then, a quote, I will run as fast as I can wherever my customer desires. I'm the auto-memories doll Violet Evergarden. A girl who almost appears to have popped out of a fairy tale with her blonde hair and blue eyes said with her inorganic beauty and sweet voice. This makes you think that there are robots, correct? Wait, there aren't? robots there are no robots in this show (laughs) an auto memories doll is a typewriter just a typewriter (laughs) and the people who type on the typewriter are called auto memory dolls that doesn't make any sense that's i know (laughs) it took me forever Because, like, they were like, and here are the auto-memory dolls. Oh, my God. Typing away. And I'm like, so are they robots? (laughs) I'm confused. Because the other thing is that the main girl has, like, robot arms. So you're like, oh, she's a robot. She's not a robot. Wait, she has robot arms? I'm pretty sure. Not a robot. No. Okay. So this show. Oh, my God. Okay. I really loved episode one. Then I was on board. And then episode five 
you kind of lost me a little, but I'll keep watching because there's only 14 episodes, so why not? Um, it's still currently airing, so I only got up to where it is. This is a show about dealing with emotions and figuring out what love actually means. Basically, it's in this world that's like half Victorian times or something. I don't even know. They're like in England, but not. It's like some fake country because... And Japan just got really excited about using consonants because they don't get to use those often. And so, like, every word has, like, 50 of them. It's about this girl named Violet Evergarden who was in the war. There was a war. The war is over. The war lasted four years. And she was under the guidance of this Major Gilbert who, like, took her in. And she's been raised like a child soldier, basically, and she was, like, a killing machine. But anyway, he took her in. He was actually kind to her. But, like, she was still part of the war with him. And he, it's very clear he's dead now, but she doesn't know that. Uh, And her arms got ripped off in the war, and so she got these robot arms that she's still getting used to. It's a very horrific scene. There's a lot of, like, random gore, like, violence in the first episode that is, like, completely not matching the tone of, like, present day (laughs) right now. And, like, uh, or any of the further, the next episodes don't have any violence in them until episode five. So it's, like, it's weird. It's jarring. Um, but this is a show about, like, this girl who, like, has never been able to live a civilian life, suddenly having to, and grappling with the fact that her last conversation with the Major before he disappeared was him telling her she loved, he loved her, and she's confused about that. Mm. She doesn't know what that means. Anyway, he's dead, for sure, and they won't (laughs) tell her. Uh, So, she becomes this auto-memory doll, which is just a typist- most of this country is illiterate, so people need to have people ghost write letters for them, and that's what these auto-memory dolls people do, is they write, they, like, take in what the sentiment of the person wants and write a letter for them. That's a very, why give them such a specific title? Like, I don't know. What's the it's point? Awful. Anyway, so she wants to become this because she wants to learn empathy, basically, mm. and then it's her saga doing that, and it's kind of episodic, and it's, like, very, 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 very pretty. My issue now is episode, like, I was totally on board until episode five happened and we found out that, that freaking Violet Evergarden is 14 years old right now, which means she was 10 years old at the start when she first met the major, who is definitely at least 35. Ooh. So I'm like, Japan? No. Come on. And then also in the plot of episode five is her helping a princess write letters to the person she's supposed to marry, who she's in love with. And I find out that. There's a 10-year age difference. The princess is currently 14. The person's 24. And I'm like, okay, Ooh, I mean, I guess, I guess. royalty. Because it also seemed like she wasn't into it at the time. So I was like, okay, so we're going to talk about this. No. It turns out that she did fall in love with him four years ago when she was 10 years old. And he was nice to her at a party. Ooh. And I was like, and he's like literally 20 at the time. I'm like, this is, can you, like, that's nasty. <laughs> 20-year-old just pats a 10-year-old head and is like, I'm going to marry you at some point, I guess. <laughs> this is gross. Japan, stop it. Anyway, was very not on board with that episode and was like, maybe I'll just stop watching. But then, like, the ending happened and suddenly plot happened and I was like, oh, shit, I want to know. So, right now, you're sitting at a six in my heart and that's where I'm at. Okay. Damn. So, mixed reviews. Why she literally looks like she's eighteen? I don't know why they're making her fourteen. I'm so confused about it. I still, I'm sorry. We've already talked about this, but I it's gonna take me a while to understand why they're called dolls. <laughs> I yeah. I'll just sit here for a couple days and just try to deal with that. It took me four episodes to realize no, there are no robots. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the robots coming. Like, I was like, of course. 
course there's robots. Why would they call her inorganic? Like, I don't understand. What's the point? She just doesn't have emotions because she's a child soldier. Okay, I. but you don't have to use inorganic, which usually refers to minerals and metals I don't know. and plastics. It was, it's confusing, okay? It's very pretty, though. A lot of good eye candy, a lot of prettiness. There's a male character who wears just, like, these high-heeled boots, and it's never talked about, and it's great. He, like, <laughs> rides a bike. I don't know. It's like fake Victorian times. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's happening. Letters are important. Letters are important, as we've learned from Shigofumi. That's true. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's my current corner. Mm. I will report back any new findings Yay. as I can. In the meantime, love, love. Who's thirsty? <laughs> it's time for Richard's rambunctious room. Welcome to Richard's rambunctious room. That was that was my favorite intro you've ever done for me, Kelly. I had a slogan <laughs> and everything. Good. Okay, so. Um, this week, uh, I had two weeks to watch anime, and yet I didn't watch a lot of anime. So, like, <laughs> that's a funny thing. But I did watch two things. Uh, David really wanted to... Okay, so Christmas Eve, I was hanging out with some friends, and we watched a bunch of... Christmas Eve was not within the last two weeks. <laughs> I just want to say. <laughs> <laughs> We're going way back. Christmas Eve, I hung out with some friends, and we watched, like, a bunch of anime. We watched, like, the last 30 episodes of Full Alchemist Brotherhood, and, like, we also, like, watched, like, a couple of new episodes as well of stuff. And I told David, hey, I think you'd really like Himoto Umaru-chan. Okay, what's that? Himoto Umaru-chan is the anime with the little girl who's dressed like a hamster and has a big smiley mouth, and what she does is she just lays around the house and drinks soda and eats chips and watches anime and like goes on online auctions to purchase figurines and uh, so me yeah my life she's, story uh, <laughs> the thing she's all of us i was watching the first episode and there was this po- moment where she uh just started screaming and rolling around on the floor out of pure joy for watching anime and i was like oh my god it's david <laughs> So uh, we started watching it, and he's like, oh, my God, I love this. So then we watched episode two, and he's like, I can't wait for the plot to happen. And I was like, David, I'm pretty sure no plot's going to happen. This is just a Japanese show where there's a cute girl doing cute things, and that's going to be it for the entire season. No, 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 no. I'm pretty sure I can smell plot coming. We watched episode two. Nothing happened except for the fact that she was indeed cute through temper tantrums and liked to play video games. And so that was basically that. It was a fun time, but I'm glad to report back that we probably won't be watching that anymore. <laughs> we may watch some best of clips on YouTube just to like cut out all the fluff. Right. Yeah. So that was fun. Um, we watched episode two of Fate Apocrypha. Wait, we might have just watched the first half of episode two of Fate Apocrypha. <laughs> We watched the first Why episode. Why did you stop? Well, so David, David's been, he's got an itch. He's like, I want to watch some good anime. And I was like, yes, I'm right there with you. Let's watch Fate Apocrypha. Because like, we watched the first episode a while back and like, it was cool and it was beautiful and there were big fight scenes. And so we went back to it and about halfway through, David and I looked at each other and David was like, I don't like this art style. <laughs> and so uh, I don't remember if we got to the end of the second episode but no we did get to the second the, the end of the second episode um it's just that at that point we were kind of checked out but uh we've learned that fate apocrypha was written not by the original creators of fate stay night so it's more of like written by fans of the show i'm not totally sure but it's not written by the original people and so eh, it's 
fits into a weird spot in the canon and <laughs> we're probably not going to watch that one either. <laughs> Richard, I tell you what anime to watch. Why don't you watch it? Watch Akka. Oh, okay. I've been telling you for months. Akka, huh, never heard of it before. <laughs> Maybe we'll watch that one. It's only 12 episodes. 12 episodes. Mm. Well, as you heard today, I have trouble getting through half an episode of an anime. <laughs> Why are you on this podcast? Well, I think I bring a certain level of uh, uh, carefree whimsy with me <laughs> that I can't commit to things. Is that everything in your room? That's everything in my room. It's really Wow, sparse. your room is quite bare. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I hope there's at least one other thing in your room. Oh, there's a big fat package, a big black box that we haven't been talking about in my room, and that room is Steven Universe the Anime. Oh, Richard, I really like this show. Yeah, this got real good in these last three episodes. I really liked it. Episode four, I think, is my favorite episode so far. Mm -hmm. Like, I did not expect what happened. I literally screamed. I was very happy with the developments that we had. Beautiful jellyfish women. I <laughs> I was watching this on the couch, you know, headphones into my laptop with my two roommates sitting silently beside me watching their own stuff. And I literally just screamed. And they were like, are you okay? And I was like, ah! <laughs> but let's, let's get into let's it. Let's get into it. So, Steven Universe, we left off with, <laughs> with that snail episode. <laughs> where we were looking for Minty. Because we thought Minty was a Sninty, <laughs> but no. Uh, Sninty's its own person, uh, and Minty's back, and we're all happy. So, episode four starts off with Master Congoline having a dream of mooncakes grabbing at him. <laughs> and it's very upsetting, and he's like, this is not good, um, when he wakes up. Because he's been asleep this whole time. Uh, remember? That's why he hasn't been around. So, Master Congoline wakes up, and is like... What do you mean you haven't woken me up this whole day and, like, a bunch of people attacked and Minty was a snail for a little bit? <laughs> and they were like, we're sorry! <laughs> and whatever. We cut to uh, Minty, who's talking to Sninty, and now we can hear Sninty, who has a beautiful voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sninty is a king, we find out. Mm-hmm. King Sninty. Um, and her people are were stolen. Her people are stolen by the mooncakes mm-hmm. and fattened up, which is why she was huge at first. Um, to be used for their jewelry stuff, who knows, um, for their shells, basically. So, but they're from Earth, um, and they they belong to the, the bottom of the sea, and so she's really excited she's back, and now that she's, like, she when she got dropped in the water is when she became small, and now that she's back to her normal size, she can think again, and she can realize, and she's like, oh my god, I was, like, royalty, like, I want to save my people, like, we have a common interest, blah, 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 blah. Um, everyone, though, thinks that Minty is going insane (laughs) because she keeps talking to this snail who they don't understand. Um, and they're like, let me put you back together again because I did something wrong. I don't know what's going on. While Minty and Sninty are having this conversation, Minty's kind of, like, sort of interested, but also is like, I hate that everyone thinks I'm insane right now. (laughs) And Sninty then mentions meeting Cinnabon at night, you know, and how, like, smart they are and that they're, they're the smartest person in this group. And Minty is like, ah, don't talk about my crush <laughs> in front of me. Because that's basically what's devolved to. <laughs> Caramel Nurse 
uh, is like, let me put you back together, let me fix you, you need to stop talking to the snail, and then he like, kicks the snail away, and we have a great haiku moment when the snail lands on Master Congoline's bollum head, like a toupee. It's hilarious. And Minty, this is really funny, because it's like this weird close-up of Minty of like, I guess I'm gonna die now. I guess this is it. It's over. Uh, I laughed a lot about that. Um, Master Congoline invites Sninty and Minty to uh, the, his room or whatever, and like is trying to talk to Snint, like understands that Sninty is a is a being with smarts and intelligence and like wants to be professional and is like, you know, what do you need from us? Like, how can we help you? How can we be allies? But Sninty has like a massive boner for Congo Line. Oh my, it's really funny. She's like, "What a hunt! Please go out with me." <laughs> And then gets mad when Minty doesn't translate that like how she wants it. Um, and Conga Line, you know, is just very respectful the whole time. Has no idea what's happening. Um, Minty starts asking Conga Line more about Cinnabon and why she has, why they have to do the, the night patrol. And we find out that Cinnabon's night watch is self-imposed mm. because they just can't sit around and do nothing. And I feel like, oh my god, that's so me. <laughs> I hate feeling useless. So they, they, they've they self-imposed this night watch, but it's really, like, emphasized their loneliness and isolation. And Conga Line feels a lot at fault for this because they haven't figured out a solution yet. So he just asks, you know, Minty, like, give me more time to think about this. Like, I'm working on it, too. We cut to, like, outside, and Minty's kind of moping that they're never going to fix uh, Cinnabon's problem. And Sinti says, you know, I know someone who looks just like you, Gems, at the bottom of the sea. You know, I could take you there. It's by my where I used to live. And so um, Minty's like, mm, okay. Uh, we cut to Nurse Caramel and Colgate. Colgate wants to go f- deep sea diving, but not really. Uh, they want to go into the pond where the, the snail shell is mm-hmm. because they lost documents there. Mm-hmm. So Colgate needs some resin so to pour all over their body so that their powdered finish stays on even though they're in the water. It's like some gem stuff right there. They need that to go in there. But Nurse Caramel can't find it, even though, like, they swear they had some. Turns out Minnie stole it. Because they're just the worst, and it's <laughs> resining up. But they get caught immediately. Um, they were also stealing someone else's uniform, who, which was, like, stronger stuff. Anyway, Congoline finds out and is like, you can't go in the ocean. The ocean is forbidden. And then we, like, have a conversation. I actually really like this conversation between Minty and Sninty where we learn about death. Because yeah. death is a very foreign concept to gems because they're immortal. They just shatter, but you can put them back together. Um, and so Sninty's like, I mean, death gives meaning to life. And that's like a big thing because none of these gems, they're all depressed. Yeah, they have like no meaning to their lives whatsoever. <laughs> they just do the same thing over and over again for 300 years. Or 3,000 years as one gem mm-hmm. later on will meet. Anyway... We find out that Sninty just really wants to go home and, like, see their home because, you know, she's been, like, trapped in Moon Place forever. So, oh my god, it was such good dialogue. And the music in this whole episode was so good. Mm-hmm. I, like, couldn't get over it. Anyway, we go into the ocean. And it turns out that King Sninty is Jellyfish Lady um, with boobs <laughs> jiggle around. But it's a really cool... I don't know. I love the character design. I love Jellyfish Lady version of Sninty. Like, I thought it was, like, so out of left field but also beautiful. Yeah. No, especially because she kept referring to herself as a king and continues to do so. Yeah. And it's so good. She looks amazing. Yes. Anyway, they're swimming around at the bottom of the ocean. 
And we find out from Sninty that there was this whole thing that humans once roamed the earth. This thing called humans. <laughs> Minty has no idea what that is. And then after like one of the, what was it? Like the fifth like, extinction or whatever. Yeah. The humans the humans went to the sea and they evolved into three separate species. Flesh, bone, and soul. And so flesh are the are the snails. The Sninty jellyfish lady. Bones are the gems, and then it's rumored that the soul are the mooncakes, and then the mooncakes seem to be wanting to grab all of them to bring them back together to become humans again, is what it's set up. Hmm. And then Sninty goes, I'm sorry, and the mooncakes attack, and it's all been a setup to capture Minty, and Minty's legs get shot off and lost to the sea, and they get transported up into the mooncake little Rorschach thing with Sninty, and it's all been a lie, the friendship, and it's just like, oh my god, I gasped. It was so good. I was definitely, like, as soon as Sninty said, like, oh man, I still really want to go to the ocean, even though they told you not to, I was like, this is a trap, biggest trap I've ever seen in my whole life. I didn't get that because I was like, of course they want to go home. <laughs> I was too sentimental. I didn't, th- I didn't see it coming at all because I'm a weak baby. No. <laughs> I mean, like, loved Sninty. I love Sninty because like they seemed so conflicted at the very end of this, but like it's so clear oh that they God. just really care about like their people so much. I mean, of course. Like, have you met Minty? Of course, I would use. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Episode 5 is great. Episode what five happens is in episode 5? Fantastic. Okay, so uh, all the gems, they're searching for Minty. Uh, uh, Minty's been missing for some time and they're very concerned. Um, Candy is uh, goes around, uh, asks Cinnabon, like, hey, do you happen to know what happened to Minty? And, of course, Cinnabon is like, I don't give a shit about Minty. Minty's dumb and I hate them. And <laughs> Candy's like, okay, nice try. I totally know that you care about them, but that's okay. Uh, I'll leave you here. Just like, if you think of anything, let us know. And Cinnabon's left feeling like all conflicted. Um, but then we sort of take a look back. Uh, Minty Fresh is being pulled up out of the sea by the mooncakes as before. And the mooncakes are like super excited. They got another gem on their hands and they love them gems. Um, then uh, we go back to the gems who are uh, on land looking for Minty and they see um Footsteps going into the ocean right where Minty had gone. So they're like, okay, crap. They did go into the ocean. <laughs> this is going to be like one of the hardest expeditions for us. It's one of the most dangerous places. We should not be doing this, but we're going to have to. Um, so then... Minty gets lost every episode. Minty gets lost so every episode. And the, the mooncakes attack the crap out of them, it seems. <laughs> but, um, so Minty's all tied up and in the giant hands of one of the big old, like, leader mooncakes on one of the Rorschach clouds. And um, we see, like, there's this parlay going on between the Mooncakes and Sninty. Um, the Mooncakes are demanding that Sninty deliver more gems to them. And uh, Sninty's, like, really upset. She's like, this was now part of our agreement. You told me if I gave you a gem, you'd give me uh, back my brother. And actually, the brother's shell is currently on the big old cloud. And so, like, it's good that they're mm-hmm. sort of, like, using this as a bargaining chip. Uh, and they're sort of still holding it back from Sninty until she delivers more to them. Um, mm mm-hmm. And for a moment, Sninty's like, okay, fine, I'll use um, Minty as bait to get Cinnabon because, like, it's clear that they have a relationship and Cinnabon seems like they'd be really, like, they'd have a weakness for Minty. But, like, Minty is, like, really upset by this and, like, 
struggles a lot and like tries to like tell Snitty like no don't do that please and so like Snitty picks up on it and like immediately says actually no I can't do this sorry and I like was like, dying at this point I was like oh god this very much like still cares about Minty um the mooncakes are displeased by this and they attack Snitty <laughs> with flaming spears which burn off chunks of her body like, her arm is just gone. Her arm is straight up gone, and she's, like, dying on the ground. Um, but suddenly, um, there's a great commotion, and the giant snail shell behind the big old leader mooncake starts to move around, and a gigantic, cute snail comes out. And it's, like... <laughs> so cute. And it's, like, clearly, like, not in... Uh, it's, like, kind of, like, in a not lucid state. It's, like, I'm hungry, I smell food, and, like, it starts to go on a bit of a rampage. The mooncakes try to subdue it, but that just, like, makes it more agitated. And uh, the giant like shell falls off of the cloud and falls into the water, and um, it leaves Snitty all alone on the cloud. And Snitty's like, "Oh my god, are you okay, brother?" And like, it seems for a moment that everything's lost. And then the mooncakes bear down, and they're gonna kill Snitty. But then a bunch of black tentacles come out of the ground, and they kill all the mooncakes, and also slap the face right off of Minty. <laughs> Minty loses literally. <laughs> And then a beautiful squid brother comes up from the ocean. <laughs> I couldn't think of a good name for this brother. Inky. Inky, perfect. I love it. Inky and Sninty. Inky and Sninty. That's just hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, Inky and Sninty are reunited. And um, Inky's apparently like an aggressive, like, base person who, like, is, like, gluttonous. And so Sninty's like, oh, you... Of course, it was food that made you, like, go crazy and kill a bunch of people. Um, but then um, Inky's like, hey, you still have this gem here. Um, we can definitely use this as, like, a bargaining chip to get back the rest of our family. We should totally do this and use it, like, as a trick to, like, maybe even get some more gems. And um, Minty is listening to this, and they're, like, very much out of it at this point because they've lost, like, maybe half of their body <laughs> and, like, half of their consciousness is, like, scattered around. So they're... Like, lying there, they're, but they're still listening, and um, for a moment we get to hear from the jellyfish people about how terrible it is on the moon, and how much they miss their family, and how they really yeah. want to liberate their people. And so Minty is touched by this and decides that they're like, yeah, you can sacrifice me for your larger cause. Just as long as you keep Cinnabon out of this, they don't deserve to be involved. Um, and for a moment, like, Inky's like, awesome, great, that's so nice of you. But then Snooty's like, okay, hold on, we don't want to be like the mooncakes. I will not stoop to their level. Let's get Minty back to where they belong. Um, it's so good. Very good. Snitty has a great conscience, and it's incredible. Um, she cares a lot for the gem people. It's good. Um, they scoop her up. They scoop them up. They scoop them up and deliver them safely back to home. Uh, back on land, the gems are getting ready to go on their underwater search. Uh, it's cool that they're really gearing up for this because it's almost nighttime, which means that they're not going to have like a lot of energy after the sun goes down it seems um mm -hmm. cinnabon looks on from like a side coastal cove uh they're really completely i did not understand this yeah like they're just like <laughs> i don't i hate minty i'm not gonna get involved i'm not gonna help and also i definitely am not gonna talk to all those other gems um but they're they feel really guilty too for like pushing away minty and that sort of runs through their face uh, but just as they're sort of grappling with this inner conflict, Minty shows up in a shattered pile of limbs and, like, broken face pieces. Um, and, they, and two pieces of the shell. And two pieces of the shell, which is very important. Um, and they're like, hey, help me, <laughs> please. Um, instead of telling everyone that Minty has washed up on shore, 
Cinnabon just drags them back to the school and leaves them in the dark in the middle of the hospital section. Instead of telling all the other gems who are, like, dying! No, like, at the very beginning... Minty arrived at the beginning of the search party. Like, this is so much trouble. But, yes, Caramel Nurse comes back to get more resin because they're going on more sea explorations. Um... And they trip over the spikes that are on the ground. And there's this funny scene where Caramel's just like, hey, you idiot, why are you leaving this place a mess? And Minty's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> and uh, then after a while, uh, Caramel realizes, oh, wait a second, you're back. That's you, the person we're looking for. Um, and so everyone comes back and um, they start trying to put Minty back together. Um, Master Congoline is understandably very upset and like comes like stomping back and is ready to... like freak out on poor old Minty. Um, they appear in the middle of, like, Minty's reconstruction, and everyone just scatters because they're, like, they don't want to be around for, like, the, the terror that's going to be unleashed. And, like, Minty's just sort of lying there. And so Master Congoline gives a nice, powerful yell and, like, shatters Minty just with his voice. Um, but then, after they're about to fall to the ground, they catch Minty and is like, hey, I'm going to tell you to stop working on this encyclopedia because it's caused nothing but trouble so far. <laughs> Like you've literally Very true. a book together and you've done nothing but cause trouble. You've done nothing but get lost every episode. You've broken like a thousand times in the past four episodes. I don't understand. <laughs> but the next morning, Minty's brooding while Caramel tries to like fix them. And uh, Caramel's like, hey, so I see there are these spikes. They're full of agate. Like a really like, it's like a hardness of seven, which is like a lot stronger than you. You need to tell me about this before I stick it on your legs and try to fix your legs. And Minty's like, oh, yeah, that was given to me by, like, some sea snails on the bottom. And cinnamon or uh, Caramel's like, oh, okay, snails, perfectly fine. We can use this. Because <laughs> <laughs> snails make gemstones in their shells. It's fine. So um, Minty gets a cool new pair of spiralized legs that are, like, a, like, they look like candy stripes, but with, like, a dark stripe instead. Um, but... They can't use them yet because um, they haven't really fully integrated into their body yet. They sort of take this time to talk about the inclusions, which are these microorganisms that live inside of the gem people and sustain them and also are the reason that they can be put back together because these microorganisms mm -hmm. can sort of like uh, refuse them together. So these new legs, they're not sure if they're going to integrate well yet, um, but they at least are sticking to um, Minty's body. So Minty... Yeah. Um, we also see in the scene, like, Minty's being helped up by a couple other gems, and they go around and thank everyone, but then they stop on Basil, and I'm like, who are you? And it's sad, because we realize that Minty has lost two legs worth of memories, and I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, neither had I forgotten about that part, and I'm like, oh my god, that's a third of her memories yeah, are gone. so, like, Basil's just sort of, like, shocked by this, but, like, plays it off cool, of just like, oh, my name's Basil, we know each other. Uh, so Minty is taken outside, and they sit. And everyone's like, okay, just sit, rest, get lots of sunlight so your inclusions can do the work, and they go off. Um, Minty's really frustrated because they're like, my legs can't move, I'm worse off than I was before, and also I still haven't found a solution for Cinnabon. And they get so worked up that they just sort of stand up in frustration and start yelling and walking, and they're like, oh, shit, my legs work. And then... <laughs> Then we cut to they this, keep working. Yeah, they work very well. And we cut to the scene of two other gems just, like, talking and, like, uh, trying to decide, like, who's going to take a break first. And suddenly, like, this figure rushes past them. And they're like, did you just see someone run by really fast? And we learn that Minty's legs are super speed now. Yeah, she's like Sonic. Mm -hmm. They're like Sonic. Yeah. Now. Gotta go fast. <laughs>
But yes. Is that the end of the episode? Yeah, that's the end of episode five. Okay. Episode six comes in right hot with it. Mm-hmm. And we meet we meet Yellow Diamond. <laughs> what did you what should we name Yellow Diamond? <laughs> I wrote Yellow Diamond because I was just so taken by the fact that it was a diamond from Steven Universe who's literally carrying <laughs> one of the oldest diamonds. Yellow Okay, we can just keep Yellow Diamond. Yeah, I like that. And Zircon. Oh, what color was Zircon? It was like an orange kind of color. I don't, I don't remember. Zerky. Zerky. Zerk. Or Zerker. And so we meet Yellow Diamond and Zircon who are paired up. Yellow Diamond is the oldest gem around. We find out later that they're 3,000 plus years old, which is insane. And Zerk is the second youngest uh, gem after Minty. Minty is the youngest gem at 300 years old. So um, they're like fighting uh doing stuff and then zircon like goes to protect yellow diamond for a second it just gets decapitated mm. you know you know how to mm. and so and then the battle is whatever and so yellow diamond brings their partner to nurse caramel to be like we need to fix this but uh yellow diamond knows a lot about medicine um and is able to kind of help you know fix zerk themselves I guess it's because they've been around for like literally 3,000 years. They kind of <laughs> picked up on everything. Um, and we find out kind of sadly that everyone who's ever paired up with Yellow Diamond has now ended up being taken by the Mooncakes. Mm. And it's like a lot of gems. It's not just like the Helios gem we'd heard before, but there's a ton of them. A lot of diamonds too, I noticed. Mm. Um, and that's why Yellow Diamond is paired with one of the youngest people. Min- Everyone's like, where's Minty? <laughs> <laughs> Minty's lost again. Um, cause it's like raining and they're like worried cause like this is about the time when they re like hibernate because the sun isn't out and they need light, but they're like, Minty's gone again, guys literally just lost their legs. How could they be lost again? <laughs> um, so everyone's looking for Minty, but Minty is too fast. Um, yellow, uh, finds them and is like, can you come over here? And Minty overshoots it. And then Yellow's like, what are you doing? And Minty's like, I'm too fast, Yellow. I don't know what to do anymore. (laughs) And so Yellow's like, listen, respect your elders. (laughs) You're not too fast for me. Come, come, come run at me. And so Minty runs at them and then Yellow's able to grab them like right off of it. And it's beautiful. And then set them down all delicately, except not delicately enough because Minty is just shattered. (laughs) Story of Minty's life. Minty's a mess. Uh, Minty is like, Kongaline, look, I want to fight. And I can I can run real fast now, so I can fight now. So you should let me fight now. I want to fight. Um, let me fight. And Kongaline actually feels like maybe this is okay. And so they he, uh, he turns to Obsidian, who might be his secretary. <laughs> um, I'm going to call him Sid. I like that. And they're like, Sid, come over here and bring your lightest blade. And they give the lightest blade to Minty. And, like, I swear to God, they almost break again. (laughs) (laughs) It's very heavy for them. Kongaline is like, why do you want to fight so much? And Minty literally just says, I want to fight because you have a special place in my heart. (laughs) And everyone is shocked and appalled. And Minty's like, what? Isn't that what everyone thinks? (laughs) just met with silence and Kongaline is i think a little emotional about this mm-hmm. i think minty's their baby mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway finally uh Kongaline agrees that minty can be paired up with amethyst who we need a name for uh the scary twins <laughs> the twins 
We can just call them the twins. Spoiler. It. They're twins. Oh, yeah. Because at first I was like, why doesn't Amethyst have a pair? Oh. <laughs> so, uh, but before we get to that, uh, Conga Line is like, I want your full report on the ocean and the sea. But Minty's lost most of their memories from their legs. But they do, they're like, they're like, the ocean is big. <laughs> And it's wide. <laughs> and it's like, okay, we're not getting anywhere. But then they're like, humans? <laughs> and then everyone else is like, what? And Congo Line literally freaks out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he knows stuff, mm-hmm. man. I don't know what they know, but they know stuff. Mm-hmm. And so Congo Line is very tense and almost like breaks their table and they break it later. But they don't say anything and they're like, you're dismissed. Uh, don't worry about it. It's not your fault. You can't remember them. So um, I wonder if... Does Minty remember the snail? I hope so. I don't know. Because, you know, Minty hasn't even brought it up. Well, like, so Minty talked to the snails after they lost their legs. So, like, maybe? That's true. That's true. I hope so. Okay. You're right. Anyway. So, we meet the twins. The Amethyst twins. They are weird and creepy. Um, (laughs) Apparently, like most gems, they can't hit each other without breaking. Without the weaker one breaking. But since the Amethysts are twins they can hit each other and they're fine and they do it a lot and it creeps everyone out (laughs) um and so but they're also they're very sweet even though they're creepy so uh we get a whole montage of minty hanging out with them of being on patrol and minty being so stressed and like scared of being in patrol and like wanting to be on the whole time even though it's just chill um because they even said before that like the way that the mooncakes work is they never they never attack when it rains and usually they attack once every three sunny days mm-hmm. and so nothing happens for those first three days and sometimes they're given like different tasks to do alongside with patrolling like gathering seeds for the nurse things like that mm-hmm. and so i'm kind of learning about how patrols work and then on the third day right when the twins offer to teach minty how to how to sword fight the moon cakes arrive mm-hmm. and oh my god oh my god <laughs> so the twins at first seem to be handling it just fine minty seems paralyzed by fear and it's just sitting there um while the twins do the job slashing at and they're handling it fine and they slash down the big moon cake and then i was like get off the cloud get yeah, off the right? cloud because they were just standing on the cloud uh, with like the and it turns out that inside the moon cake was like this Venus flytrap kind of thing mm-hmm. um, that then grabbed them and just started eating them and shattering them and breaking them and they just kept saying Minty run Minty run <laughs> and Minty can't move and I was like oh my god but they were like literally turning into dust like their shards <laughs> were getting crushed so badly they got wrecked anyway all the diamonds come bursting onto the scene Bort comes to save the day but maybe not, because, like, I don't think the twins are salvageable. Yeah, they're really That's what they made up. it sound like, yeah. and that was, like, horrendous. Because you always think, like, oh, they'll come back. <laughs> I don't know. Like they come back. Conga Line does this cool power mm-hmm. that, like, turns the cloud into, like, beautiful colored smoke. I don't know what that's about. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's like, you poor thing. Yeah, what's up with like, that? Like... I think they were talking to the amethyst shards that were in the air. Okay, I hope so. Anyway, then Bort Borscht draws the sword on Minty and is like, what's wrong with you? How could you <laughs> let this happen? And that's how the episode ends. I like how every time that Borscht ends up talking to Minty, they end up drawing their sword on them. It's like, you should just die here and now and save us so much trouble. 
And you know what? Every episode, I'm like, Borscht just got a point. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh boy. They spend so much of their, like, energy mm-hmm. trying to keep Minty safe. But I still don't hate Minty. Like, I think yeah. Minty's a very likable character. No, definitely. I, I love yeah. everyone. Ah, oh, Richard, what's going to happen next? What are your thoughts? So, of course, uh, one thing that I'm always looking forward to whenever I watch the next episode of the show is learning about more gems and how they've been dealing with the fact that they're immortal. Because, like, everyone seems to be engaging with that in different ways and also their relationships yeah. with each other. I always love learning about that. But also, I might have taken a peek at the preview at the end of the episode. <gasps> Richard. Yes. <laughs> okay, I didn't. Okay. I want... Do you think we'll ever go to the Mooncake World? We gotta go to the Mooncake World. That's where I want to go to the Mooncake World. I want to go to the Mooncake World. I want Minty to end up in the Mooncake World, and that's what finally gets all the gems to be like. We gotta go to the Mooncake World. Gotta mooncake. We gotta end, end this. this. Yeah. And Cinnabon leads the charge. I think Conga Line's gonna die. Mm, yeah, he's too benevolent. Like there's, yeah, there's set up to die. Yeah, they really and are. have everyone be emotional. I don't know. I don't know. I'm really into it, though. I'm so excited. What I'm does... so mad that it takes two weeks to watch three episodes. Yeah. <laughs> what, whatever. What does Conga Line know? Because they know. clearly know a lot, and they're not telling everything to the gems. Do you think they were one of the first gems formed? That's what I was thinking. Like, they're so giant like, and they're so powerful. Yeah, and they're so hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just super hard. Like... Cause so yellow diamond's the oldest, and they're like three thousand five hundred years old. I wouldn't be surprised if Conga Line was like five thousand. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and I I forget if they said how many thousands of years ago humans were around. Cause they're very humany. Yeah, they're you know? super humanoid. Like every all of these descendants are like so human. <laughs> I want to see Sninty again. I do too. Oh, there's got to be. I, I really hope that they like team up at the end and like take down. The <gasps> yes. I don't think the mooncakes need to be taken down. I think they need a hug. Because they're like just restless and they just want, they're just the soul of humans and how awful they are. They don't have emotions in their faces and it scares me. And so many mooncakes die all the time. Why do they keep dying? Where do they go when they die? Is What is a mooncake? Is what we see mooncakes or is it a weapon? I don't, I don't know. know. Oh, that's a good point. What if it's just like some kind of automaton? Oh, God. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I want to know more. Same. But I guess we should get out of this room. Yeah, we should get out of this room. Uh, let's see. To the rec room. The rec room. All right. So I know that I've talked about the show before in the past, um, but The Amazing World of Gumball has always caught my attention as a show that's like not only pretty, but also like very much my sense of humor. Um, specifically, I want to recommend uh, one two-parter episode. Um, so it's like a full 20 minutes. Uh, it's called The Origins which is about um, the the story behind, like, Gumball is, like, the cat, and then he has a fish brother, but they never really talk about why he's not a cat or a bunny. And so, like, they talk about this whole story of how, like, they ended up adopting this fish and how he ultimately grew legs and became a normal, upright, walking-around thing. Oh. Yeah, so it's really good. Okay. And it's a song. I never, I've like seen it. only clips of Gumball. Yeah, same here. I, I find, like, a lot of clips on Facebook. It's really good. Uh, my rack of the week is, <laughs> uh, <laughs> honestly, I was just going to wreck Violet Evergarden, 
That's but fine. But then episode five happened, and now I feel weird wrecking it because I don't actually know if it's going to be good or not. You can wreck like some of the episodes, like maybe the opening. I honestly watch episode one. It's very good. Mm. I think episode one was really well done. It's very jarring. If you don't like violence, maybe not because there are a lot of war scenes in it. Mm. But it's like I don't know. It got it gets you into this world, and you want to know more. And I'm really sad that the episodes following that don't follow that same kind of vibe. Mm. So we'll see if it. I think this show will be stronger if it returns to it because like. Dude, there's this one scene with the major when they're both dying and she doesn't have any arms and it's like rough stuff and mm. it's really good. Mm. And the death, like, it's like, Violet doesn't show emotions, but she shows so much emotions in that one scene and it's like very good. It's very good. <laughs> so yeah, I would recommend that first episode. Oh, cool. It sounds really good. Watch. I'm glad. It's a good watch. But yeah, I think I'd like to thank some people if you don't mind, Kelly. I mind a lot, but I guess you can do that. Hey, hey, I am a rebel. We want to thank the Fat Rep letting us use this song, Prelude, as our theme song. Check out their YouTube page at the link in our description. You can also find us at our website, animattheworldcast.wordpress.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes and Google Play Music. Also, if you ever want to send anything our way, you can email us at animattheworldcast at gmail.com. I am so excited for episodes 789 of Hoseki no Kuni. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm so ready for them, and I'm excited to be watching them with you in two weeks. So stay tuned for that. But what should we leave them with? I don't know, man. That was rough. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Maybe they'll only be able to salvage one. No. How messed up is that? Just a mix match of memories. Uh, Richard, how should we leave them with this week? Um, love is in the air. You should go. Give chocolates to someone and fill up their face with love. Yep, yep. Yeah, do that. Or get some chocolate. Have someone give you chocolate. Do that. Just send out some positive vibes. Mm-hmm. Very social All the positive vibes. Thanks. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>